Hello and welcome to Do It Again But Better, a podcast where I, Jess Stanley, force my fellow actors to chat to me about all of their audition experiences, the good, the bad and the pure cringe, as well as acting and life in general. Today, I am joined by actually one of my oldest friends. He is an actor, a writer, a YouTuber. He loves the colour yellow. He's a Beatle expert. He's a Paul McCartney expert. He's a Beach Boys expert. What is he not an expert in? He's an Apple expert. Maybe a comedian at points. He's a filmmaker. He's a he's a maybe director. I'm not even I sure. Love, I love the may, maybe a comedian. I'm, I'm going to put that uh, on my YouTube profile. I think you in did, maybe, maybe a comedian? I think you did mark. a stand up once. Um, and he's he loves to take a great photo. He loves to travel. It's Elliot Roberts. Hello. Hello. Hi, Jess. <laughs> nice, nice, nice to be here uh, on this lovely summer Tuesday afternoon morning. It's still morning. It's still morning. It's, it's yeah. Still morning. So we're not sipping champagne this time. We're sipping our coffees and juices. Uh, how are you? How's your yeah. morning? Uh, I am good. I'm very well. I'm enjoying the weather. I'm, uh, yeah, f- feeling feeling good. 2024's gotten off to a, a very nice start, I think. And, happy uh, New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Yes, of course. Happy New Year to all those listening as well. It, it, you might be listening to this in October 2025. but True, I might not to... release it for a very long time. It, we'll yeah, see. yeah, or you could just have this banked. Um, you know, got a lot <laughs> of podcasts to get to. I, I, I understand. Um, but uh, yeah, f- feeling excited to, talking, to talk about uh, some traumatic experiences uh, in the audition room. Hell yeah. I, I want to start though by asking about this bracelet that you're wearing today. So for mm. listeners, Elliot is wearing a bracelet that I've never seen on him before. And oh, I see, yeah. I see you fairly re- like frequently. Well, yeah. It's po- got pearls on it. And then every few pearls, mm. there is a, a bead and I'm seeing... Um, an evil eye there's a smiley face what's going on here so pod- podcasting is a is an audio medium but i will <laughs> I, I will talk about this thing that you just will not be able to see but try to picture it regardless um something i wanted to uh do more this year is or just in future is uh, i want to get more into jewelry so i'm just trying to wear more jewelry um i saw this online and uh i kind of like pearls but i didn't want a full pearl a bracelet or necklace but i like the charms in this i like the smiley face and the smiley uh, face is yellow there's just a lot fan. going on yeah yeah it's it, it's it's just nice um so it was a self-gift it was a self-gift I love yeah that. i probably could have um you know weaseled it in for christmas but i didn't see it <laughs> until afterwards which means i got it on sale uh and Even uh, better. yeah that's that's the story of this this bracelet well i like it i like it's you. nice to see a man in pearls because you don't see that often so yay for smashing those gender stereotypes that was my first thought when i bought it i was like <laughs> i'm gonna smash it that that glass ceiling is gonna absolutely be obliterated i do remember you saying last time i saw you that you want to do more jewelry and i see you've got a necklace on as well but uh anyway this isn't a jewelry podcast this is an audition podcast so i want to start today by uh asking you elliot what was your first ever audition um, I think this was my first audition. It was definitely my most memorable one and most exciting one for the age that I was. When I was about 12 years old, 11 or 12, I auditioned for uh, the movie Peter Pan. 
um, starring Jeremy Sumter. Oh, as Jeremy Peter Sumter. Pan. Yeah, yeah, and who yeah. played Wendy? Um, Matilda, someone was it? Yeah, I actually uh, forgot to IMDb uh, that that film before coming on this podcast, <laughs> but I do remember Jeremy Sumter. I don't think he's he went on to do much after no. leaving adolescence. Uh, I don't think many people from that film, except for like Jason Isaacs, uh, did of much. Course. Yeah, he played he played Captain Hook and. Uh, the the father, um, I auditioned for the role of slightly. Now slightly is kind of the head lost boy when Peter Pan's not around. He's sort of oh. in charge of of them. He's the oldest. He's the biggest. And that was what I was auditioning for. Um, I just gotten an agent very recently, and it was like a movie. It was you know an international film that was shooting in Queensland. And it was very, very exciting. Now, I hadn't had much acting experience at all, aside from, you know, after school drama sessions and that kind of thing. Um, so my dad helped me with the <laughs> the audition. But my dad also, my dad, um, both my parents are presenters. So they're kind of like acting adjacent. You know, they know how to yeah. be on camera, but they don't necessarily know how to act i thought your dad used to be an actor as well as a presenter well the plot twist is that like my dad a few years ago about oh maybe 10 years ago or so my dad actually scored a role on neighbors and that's right yeah the plot twist is that i helped him with the audition (laughs) um and i truly believe that i am the one that got him over the line there because he was pretty clueless uh towards it up until then and going back to 2002 or whenever this was uh when trying to help me with my with my audition he was just like i remember watching the film and watching how the actual character said the lines that i had to audition with and it was just so different to what you, my dad was suggesting oh wait are you talking about peter pan or no, yes P- okay, P- peter, pan, peter pan yes peter pan so the I, I i don't remember the full sides but there was one key moment where like wendy drops like i think it like a necklace or something and they they pick it up they pick up this necklace and they don't know anything of the Lost Boys. You know, she's just arrived in Neverland, but they've heard Peter Pan's told them about a kiss and what a kiss is. It's a very special thing. Um, and uh, they, all the Lost Boys pick up this necklace and my line was, um, ah, yes, a kiss. It's a powerful thing. Like thinking <laughs> that this was a kiss. And my dad, um, fully over the top, was, I remember very clearly, uh, like being like, maybe do it like this, like, Ah, yes, a kiss, a powerful thing. Like I was on stage uh, doing a pantomime. Um, so I, I, needless to say, I didn't get the role. I did not uh, score the role of Slightly in Peter Pan. And the biggest, what really hurt was a few years later when I was in year 10, this was 2006, uh, my school was doing uh, a production of Peter Pan. And uh, it was years seven to ten, so uh, I was in the older group. And I auditioned, and there was two uh, drama teachers that were auditioning the kids. One of them didn't like me, one of them did. I got lumped with the guy that didn't like me. I'm Uh, not saying this is... I didn't get... Basically, I got like a, you know, like a a pirate number three is what I got. But my best friend got the role of Slightly, which was like just this... uh, just this cruel, cruel irony yeah, that yeah. like I lost out on this role twice, and one of them was uh, for my best friend at the time. So um, maybe slightly as you're born to play role, and one day you will play slightly. Maybe, maybe I. 
do think that being an adult man um, <laughs> might make it a bit tricky, given that a lost boy has to be literally a boy. Well, I saw a play at MTC last night called Seventeen about six teenagers on their last day of school, and it was uh, all of the roles were played by sixty plus actors. So hey, never say never. Sixty plus. Yeah, I think it was a deliberate choice by the writer to oh. be like, oh, the the uh, trivial tribulations of seventeen year olds look so silly quaint quaint when yeah. played by these old people that have lived such full lives is that you don't have to put this in but is that like was that the point like that that teenagers thoughts and you know the things they care about are trivial uh, well i spent most of the play wondering what the point of it was and that choice um because they kind of came out and, and it, you know, for 10 seconds it was like, oh, my God, how funny, older yeah. people playing teenagers, haha. But then that novelty wore off and then I spent the rest of the show wondering, yeah, what was the choice here? And I guess that was maybe partially my interpretation, how trivial things feel as a teenager, but also just how human they feel as well, that we even as we get older, the same things still yeah. That, still affect you? That's where I sit with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I feel like the, the concerns of, you know, being a teenager, especially in your later years, seem so important and huge. And they kind of are. Like, they aren't and they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think actually while I was watching it, I was thinking if I actually was watching a bunch of 16, 17-year-olds playing these roles, I would be wondering why am I watching this play? Why is this play yeah. on? So I think definitely... Yeah. There was that was the point that it was played by these older people who uh, were so emotionally available to the um, traumas of their characters because mm. of the lives they'd lived. But... but that's also very funny that like MTC is like, oh, should we should we maybe do something that could offer a, a debut to a, a you know a group of new emerging you know talent? It's like, nah, let's just <laughs> yeah. let's just get the tried and tested sixty yeah. plus crowd. It was like very much all the veterans. Pamela <clears throat> Rabe was there. Of course. Colin Friel was not there. So I, a real murderer's <laughs> row of just the same yeah. Melbourne actors it, yeah, that exactly. you've seen for the last thirty years. But I do love Pamela Rabe, so oh, of course, she of did course. a TikTok dance in there, but great. Anyway, <laughs> so um, and I wanted to ask your dad's direction to you in your audition. Mm. Then when you saw the film, were you yeah. like, oh man, that's, if I had done that, I would have got the role. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's that whole thing of like, oh, I should have just, like, I'm not saying my own gut instinct would have been, you know, what the director wanted either, but... It did make me go, that's the last time I'm listening to my dad for, like, acting advice. <laughs> um, as well-intentioned as it was. Uh, yes. But, yeah, like, it does kind of... It was my first kind of experience with, like, getting all, like, excited. Like, oh, maybe I'll be in a movie and this and that. And then it mm. doesn't happen. You hear nothing. Um, that's where I also learned that you don't hear back from casting directors that you didn't get the role. Yeah. Is that it? You just... It's radio silence they'll call you yes um and then i saw the movie and i was like oh maybe if i'd done that but oh, yes. it's could have would have should have water under the bridge and i want to ask <laughs> so you started acting as a teenager then or as a child yeah, You've kind yeah. Of always a been around it acting was something it, it was it was always kind of the thing i wanted to do like you know i've fell in love with movies from a young age uh and it was just like i want to do that you know like it's a pretty uh stock standards story of uh you know seeing seeing a film being like that's for me how do i do it 
and then your parents are like, oh, we'll take you to this community drama workshop that runs every <laughs> week and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So, yeah, I, I, I was, I, I've had an agent off and on since I was 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah, I was with maybe even 9 or 10, actually. I, I really, I remember, like, really wanting to do it from primary school. And because my parents were somewhat in the industry, again, yeah. not actors themselves, they sort of knew, like, the avenues to go to, like, get me, you know, it used to be a general meeting with an agent. I don't think they do that anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was with what was known as Linda's Rising Stars, uh, which turned into CPM, Catherine Poulton Acting oh, Management. Oh, no shit. I don't know if it's still called that but um, or if that's even around, but I remember that, that when they made the change to CPM, they actually cut me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I obviously wasn't booking enough gigs. Uh, but yeah, right. I, I had a great time. Some of my most uh, enjoyable experiences um, like on set actually was when I was younger, uh, like being on uh, like – Chris Lilly's, uh, you know, kind of sketches before yeah. Summer Heights High, before We Can we Be can Heroes, Heroes, back when he was on. That, right. When he was, Hamish and Andy had a, a show called The Hamish and Andy Show on Channel 7 that didn't um, last for very many episodes. But uh, the episode that I would have been on was was cut. The, the, the show was cancelled, so it never aired. But it was with Chris Lilly, and uh, I remember being like, wow, I love this. I want to do this more, even if I'm just like an extra. Like, yeah. like this is where I want to be. But then high school kind of takes over and uh, you're, you're kind of in like an awkward stage where they either want like a child or if they want a teenager, they'll hire someone who's 18. Yeah. So it's kind of like an awkward, you know, period between like 13 and 17 where yeah. no one's really looking for you. Yeah, very true. Um, but yeah, yeah. See, I'm always envious of those stories of people that knew they wanted to do it young because I had no interest in it young and it oh, was really? only through doing it a little bit as a teenager at high school and kind of being told or getting the feedback from performing that I was good at it and then I started to think oh maybe I should do this more oh. so I, I kind of when people ask oh did you always want to know uh, know that you wanted to be an actor I, I don't have that fun story of like yes I did so I always feel a bit like an imposter weirdly oh no I mean like you know you pick it up and at, at whatever age it, it, it hits you at whatever time makes sense you know if anything like wanting to do it from an early age like a child can be detrimental because child actors you know success, successful or not like don't have uh a history of uh you know a, a steady career no um, yeah no um all good mental health yeah um, yeah yeah it's all kind of bad uh <laughs> so <laughs> very so, true but it, it yeah it was always something that i was like very very onto like one of the only classes that I really did well at school consistently was like drama and theater studies. Like it was kind of the only thing I cared about. Yeah, know? totally. Um, and then you, and I kind of jumped straight into the first question, but I also want to kind of give some context for how we first met because we actually do have quite a long history of like mm. knowing each other and friendship. And then we uh, ended up doing the bachelor of performing arts at Monash together. But yes. before that, did you audition for other acting schools? Are they stories you want to talk about later or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I did. I did. I, uh, the year out of school, I auditioned for, so this is 2008. I auditioned for NIDA. I auditioned for uh, VCA. Um, just those two. No, and, and Monash and Deacon. Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering them all now. <laughs> 
Um, I had to come home from schoolies early, even though my schoolies same. experience wasn't that, you know. Ah, oh, mate, same. It wasn't much. A whole other podcast to talk at all. about that. But yeah, I, 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 I didn't get into NIDA or VCA, but I did get into, it sounds like a brag, it's not, it's just, <laughs> but I, I got into Deakin, Ballarat and uh, Monash and I chose Monash, but I deferred a year and then I, you know, started in 2010 with you, you also would have deferred. Well, I right? no. So I did a year of arts first. So I oh, actually, right. yeah. I only were... auditioned for Monash. I didn't audition for any other schools, and I actually failed my uh, performing arts audition for Monash. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. I, I think I understand fully now, but it was. It felt weird at the time because I. Uh, got a 50 for drama and um, got a, won a premieres award for drama for my solo. And they oh, only do five right. of those in a state. That's and then right. I, so I chose a portion of that for my audition thinking, oh, well, it did pretty well. I'll probably yeah. be a shoe in. Yeah. I was not, but now I can, with hindsight, I can see that um, the piece I'd chosen, we probably were doing it the same year. So you might even remember one of the pieces you could choose, the character was simply called voice. And it was mm. the voice of the uh, First Nations people of Australia, which And you I saw that say, and you were like, that's got me written all like, over it. <laughs> I can talk about this issue. No, but um, now I can see that that's not appropriate. But at the time it felt like the most challenging piece on yeah. the list and also the piece I knew the least about. So yeah. I, I wanted to learn about it um but yeah now i can see very clearly that me pretending to be an aboriginal woman having her baby taken away and screaming about it on the floor of the bpa drama studio is not very cool Mm, yeah i think i went for something (laughs) a bit more straight laced uh, just straight up audition um probably one of the ones that i used for vca or nida one of those um i had a really good time my audition because i remember there was like an element of improv and I really liked improv. Um, ah, yes, and the comedian. Like there was <laughs> maybe comedian. Um, there was like this thing where it was between two people and there was a chair just in the, in, in the space in the drama oh, theater. Oh my God. Yeah. And this it was, back to me. it was like, you had to like fight for your, like you sitting on the chair. Like it had to mean more to you. And I would just like, I remember getting really like I was like really like sexually into the chair, and I, and I think I kind of spooked the girl, the poor girl I was with. But it worked. I won. Perfect. And then you I got, got it. And then I got in, and then I deferred, and then I met you. Yes. In 2010. That's right. I was yeah. So I did a year of arts first because I also I loved psychology and English language, and yeah. so I wanted to do all the things. And then yes. I did a year of that and thought, actually, no, I just want to do drama. So yeah. Then we ended up in the same year. Yeah. And that is that story. Um, but. My next question that I want to ask you is, what was your most recent audition? Um, I actually did a self-tape day before yesterday. Um, I did a self-tape for... I did two. It was... Um, should I say, like, the company? Like, is that I okay? mean, if you want to, or you, can, or you can bleep it, or you can say what kind of... <laughs> I'll say what it is. It Who cares? Um, <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> one was for Booper. Uh, where oh my I, God, I yeah yeah where I had to uh, yeah there was like I a million roles yeah. for that campaign. What were you doing um, in that? Well, there was two. I rejected one and just went with the other. One was like the male nurse. I was just helping a woman, you know, <laughs> hobble into. She was wearing a moon boot. I just had to like help her inside. And the other one was paid a thousand dollars more, and it was her son. And I had to like kind of like you know lovingly laugh at her wearing the moon boot and like help her inside. And then there was another one where I was like 
looking at her like you know a bit more uh, emotionally and like feeling sorry for her or whatever it was fine it was kind of like one of those ones that doesn't you, it's probably not going to help you if you're not doing it with someone else. Like yeah. I probably should have auditioned with my mum or something because it was very much a two-hander sort right, of situation. Yeah. But in the same day, I'm saying this like I get auditions all the time. It's 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 sometimes it's like a when it rains it pours situation. Yeah, and you'll it have really like is. Yeah, a month of nothing. Um, but I it was an audition for an American deodorant. Oh, um, we had the same one as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go, in the tent. So I was... <laughs> oh, you were in the tent as well? Yeah. I was in the tent. I was not the, the hero. I was the the best friend or whatever who uh, sniffs uh, this guy. Cucumber aloe? Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, yeah, cucumber aloe. <laughs> uh, we're in a tent and we're trying to put it up. I don't know where, why, why we're in the tent trying to put it up. But we're all in the tent and we're all kind of like twisted around each other. And I get a whiff of this person's um, deodorant and it, it smells like cucumber aloe. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really into it. Uh, I simp this man in his <laughs> armpit and the way it smells. Um, so that's, uh, Love that. that's my most recent audition still waiting to hear back. <laughs> um, we, yeah, James and I were also both the tent people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to ask you, do you, so your partner, the, Angelic Lauren is not an actor. Do you get her to help you with self tapes ever, or do oh, yeah. you try to get someone else? No, and... no, no, no. I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's maybe one of my like. I, I was actually going to mention this later in my bad traits, uh, but <laughs> so, like I'll say it now. One of my worst traits as an actor is not caring enough about the source material. Um, like. Usually, not with TV and film. If it's anything to do with TV and film, I will put in plenty of effort because stuff, that's stuff that I actually uh, want to elevate my career. Obviously, ads pay very well, but sometimes I just I just don't care. Um, I think that blasé or laissez-faire attitude sometimes probably very much works for you, though. I think there's true. a lot of people would say they wish that they cared less and they like care so much. And yeah. you, you book quite a few ads. I, well, yeah, one, just... Going off what you were just saying, uh, one of the ads that I really feel like I, I, I phoned in one time um, was the Sprite commercial yes. that I got. I remember I had just had to like drink, you know, a plastic water bottle or, or whatever. <laughs> and I, I like shot it on my phone like before I was about to head out somewhere, just remembering that I had a self-tape to do. And next thing I know, at the height of Omicron in January 2021, I was off on a plane to Thailand to shoot a Sprite commercial. And it's like, wow. And you were there for like 10 days or something, right? Yeah, it would have been like a three-day shoot. But because it was, again, very COVID-y, I had to quarantine for a week in Bang. No, 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 no. uh, Phuket. And then I shot in Bangkok uh, after that. And it was great. It was, it was. Yeah, that's so cool. They're really fun. Like, even if like the ad isn't anything, you know, that's going to necessarily like, I don't know, further your career or put on the show reel. Traveling overseas to shoot something always feels a little bit like you're Bill Murray and Lost in Translation. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) I love that. Um, and, um, when you do get Lauren to help you say, if it's like an important audition for like a film or a TV show or something, Mm. because I feel like she's said that she hates reading with you. She does, but she like, she does it though. She'll, she'll say it in a completely monotone, uh, (laughs) you know, way, but she's, because she's also adept at filming things. She can, you know, hold an iPhone in one hand, 
hold another one on the other and read the lines okay like i never really use a tripod she's, really just she's, do it with a handheld gorilla style yeah because well iphones um i used to shoot them on like actual cameras uh, like a proper, di- you know, mirrorless camera. But then I started booking them just on, like the Sprite one was filmed on an iPhone in bad light. And mm. it's like, I feel like that doesn't really matter. Doesn't like yeah. I do put in more effort again if it is like TV or film and I want to look really good or whatever, but they either want you or you, they don't. Yeah. It's not going to matter if they're looking at you through an iPhone camera Very or true. a DSLR. You know, it yeah. really does not matter, I think. I, that's my opinion. And uh, iPhones have really good stabilization anyway. So mm. if, if, if you've got someone who, you know, has even a little bit of a steady hand, that's all they need. Just don't get them to move. Just keep that, you know, mid shot going and that's fine. Very yeah. true. Yeah. This coming from the man who for years taught people at the Apple store how to make videos on their iPhones. So yeah, yeah. from the expert. So I'm an advocate for filming stuff on iPhone. There are plenty of mistakes you can make, but, you know, you're less likely to mess up if you're using an iPhone, I think, than a big old camera, which has very little stabilization in it. And the other thing I wanted to ask you based off of what you were saying before, and I think this is so interesting to chat to fellow actors about, uh, what's like, what pay for a TVC are you like, nah, decline, I'm not even auditioning? (laughs) Uh, If you're um, comfortable saying. No, yeah, no, I am. I am. I would say... Well, it also depends on the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah, very true. Like, I would probably not go for a car commercial that was three grand, but I would yes. go for, like, a bread commercial that was three <laughs> grand. You know what I mean? You seem um, to book a lot of food-related products. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Maybe that's, like, a compliment to your your lips and mouth. Uh, you do have nice white teeth. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I actually one of like my story for later, my embarrassing ad has <laughs> okay, to do with it, has to do with eating. Amazing. Um, we'll come back to that then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, that's true. There's definitely not like a base. I won't do it for less than this because it is very industry dependent. I know what you totally. mean. Totally. Like you, yeah. you, you can foreshadow, you know, like a different commercial down the line that will pay twice as much. And yes. then you're, you know, you can't, do anything like that for the next three to five years yeah and then you maybe don't get a single car ad for the next five years yeah. even as an audition and then it's like oh fuck but you just never know it's also like uh like because i kind of you know i literally do my own ads now in my youtube videos like i get sponsors and sometimes if it's less than that i won't bother especially like often with an ad that i have to audition for uh from my agent if there's like a lot of stuff to do <laughs> like, like not, I'm not talking about lines, but I'm talking about like reactions, shots. If they if they just make it too complex, and like I'm gonna be spending all day editing and shooting and uh, going through footage, sometimes I'll just be like, no, nah, I, I, I can't. If, if it's like a really easy like one two shot kind of thing, I'm like, yeah, I can get this done. So yeah, sometimes I'm lazy and I just don't care enough about the source material. Um, that's on me. I, I probably should, but again, it's it's some people are doing this entirely. Like this is. Uh, how they get their money. So every single ad is important no matter what it is. And I acknowledge that that's, you know, a whole thing. I'm lucky enough to earn my money in a different way. Um, But uh, yeah, my, my, my thing is like, I get that it's easier now to do a self tape because you don't have to, like if you work a nine to five job um, or even a part-time job, sometimes it's your audition will used to fall on a, a time where you had a shift and it was very hard to get out of it. And it's so much easier now to just like after work or before work or whatever, or a day off, 
film the self-tape at home. Because I work from home on my own time, I long for the days where I could just get in my car, drive somewhere, yeah. and just like meet people, um, go off the feedback, go off the direction in the room, and then yeah. leave and not have to do any setup of lights, camera, equipment, editing. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I, like I'm... I'm I, I like it, it. It's so strange to me because I'm very quick at filming and editing. It's what I have to do for my job. But I, I feel bad for like older people who just aren't, just don't have those skills, don't yeah. have the ability to like know how to convert, you know, an M4V to an MP4 file or something like that, or like export a video or cut it all together. Like you really do have to be a bit of a jack of all trades these days to be an actor. Yeah, for sure. And I just all I want to do is just walk into a room. And just, you know, take direction. Yeah. That I'm maybe that. Show them that you can take direction. Yeah. And show them your personality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and, and, and also I find that the. Uh, when, when, <laughs> this is a whole rant. But, but <laughs> when, when you get a brief for an ad, it's in like four different links with like three different PDFs. You know, you have to click on this link to find out what the pay is, this link to find out what the script is, yeah. this link to find out what the instructions are. Oh, my god! And often it's really hard, actually, just to find the shoot dates, the most yeah. Uh, yeah. important piece of information. Or they won't give you the shoot dates and the question on the job form is, are you available <laughs> yeah. for the shoot dates? And you're like, you're like you maybe. You me. <laughs> um, yeah. I, look, I'm, th- these are very, very small complaints uh, from someone who, I guess, has been doing this for a little while and... Yeah, yeah. I just for my lifestyle, it would be great if I if they could just like have proper auditions again and not just for callbacks. But yeah. that's I know I'm in the minority there. Well, it's interesting you say that, but yeah, I I somewhat agree with you for sure. But mm. um, my next question for you is, what's an audition memory that makes you laugh? <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of a lot of them because a lot of them are so <laughs> stupid. And you, if you don't laugh, you'll just be like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I suppose something that makes me laugh is when you're in there with someone else, with other people yes. and they, be it the people behind the camera or that you're auditioning with. Um, again, that was another like fun added element to auditions is like when you're auditioning with other people and they just have a very strange energy or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, maybe I'll look good in comparison, um, to this person. But just when, yeah, like it's happened to me a couple of times when someone's just like taken over an audition because they want to be the star or something. And I just think that's a bit annoying, but also kind of funny because you can just, I just like, like seeing like the desperation of actors in an an audition room, just like sucking up to directors. Yeah. And um, again, like for me, like, I think that's... a drawback for me because I so often don't care enough about the material and kissing up to casting <laughs> people who I often find to be uh, very annoying in their own right. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, yeah. I get. I, I guess there's a difference between finding things funny and finding things like humiliating. Um, <laughs> it would mostly be finding like like being put in like humiliating positions. Yeah. Uh, like I like I did a. <laughs> I did a self tape recently where I was like a bird watcher, uh, but I had like a, like there was a different scene where I had like a, like a bird costume on and I couldn't get the head off. So I was like just in my living room, just like oh improvising, taking off this like bird helmet from my head um, and just like watching it back 
as I'm editing and just like just looking so stupid. Like, Someone's <laughs> yes. going to see this. This is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of that brings me back to a time I had an audition with another person and um, we had to be our legs tied together like a three-legged race. Um, I actually ended up booking this one, but the person I went in the room with, really cold and um, mm. I remember kind of right before we went for a take, kind of turning to her and kind of saying, oh, I because the casting director had said, so um, at some point you kind of come undone and then one of you wins the race. And I turned to her and I said, oh, do you want to win the race first? And she was really like, I don't care, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, we're, our legs are literally tied together. Do you want to work <laughs> together or that always, not? That, that's an always a clear indication that an actor hasn't come from an improv background. Yeah, so that's, yeah. That, that's what I always enjoyed about auditioning with people is that it's an opportunity to make each other shine. Yeah. You know, because that's the whole thing with improv is that it's a very selfless act, even though when you see improv, it's so often you're looking at people who are just trying to be the star or whatever, but the yes. whole philosophy around improv is making your partner stand yeah. out and look better. And if the yeah. other person's doing that, it elevates everything. So true. And it sucks when you meet actors who are so clearly disinterested in, in, in doing that and not knowing that they're... Um, sabotaging their own audition through, I don't know, maybe it's nerves, maybe it's just that they are cutthroat and want to don't don't want to know any other actors, just want to be the one that stands out. But I think it's always a detriment. Um, And yeah, it's great when you get in an audition with someone who's like willing to play. Yeah, in an uh, open way, like open to you as the partner, as you say. Yeah, I mean, like you should be. You're, you know, I know it's always nervous to like, you know, meet someone and just go from never having spoken to this person, seeing this person to having to do some compromising physical activity with them. But like you're actors, like this is what we all kind of sign up for in a way, like these kind of crazy situations where you're just thrown in a room with someone and you have to make something happen. Yeah. That's what I always, and that's another reason why I miss in-person auditions. I like the, you know, kinetic energy of being with other people. It's so stagnant when you're by yourself. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's part of why I think I also like lose interest and like, you know, kind of don't care about the materials because often it's just a terrible ad. But it's also like, oh, this isn't why I wanted to become an actor. You know what I mean? Like just being in my living room, pretending to take a bird head off. off. That's amazing. Uh, (sighs) This maybe falls kind of in the same group, but what's an audition memory that makes you cringe or where you feel like you failed shockingly? (laughs) Um. One time, again, it was a self-tape. Uh, uh, there was, it was two roles. And I went in for one. Um, and then it was, oh no, it was a callback. So it was a Zoom, it was, a, it was my first Zoom callback. And it was one where I had to do like a, I, I had to do a few things. I had to do like a golf swing. I had to say a couple of lines. And there was one where I had to, it was like an Irish character. Oh. But it was like one that they kind of threw in. Um, like during the Zoom callback, they're like, try this one. And don't worry about the Irish accent. If you can't do an Irish accent, that's fine. And like, I can do an Irish accent pretty well. I'm not bad at accents, but this was off cold pipes. Hadn't done one in a while. And I said the line with an Irish accent and they were like, yeah, so whenever you want to do the Irish accent, like that's, and I was like, oh shit. And it just, it just really threw me for a oh, loop. Oh, no. And they were like, oh, look, if that was it, maybe just don't try it then. And then I was like, oh, no, but I can. But, uh, yeah, can you remember mind. what the line was? No, I've, I've looking at the um, preparation for this podcast, I had to dig up a lot of like 
you know, memories that I had uh, kind of, I suppose, suppressed <laughs> and just like, would, that's, I think, a healthy behavior for an actor is like, as soon as you do an audition, you throw it away, forget about it completely. Yeah. And I, and I make, I, I think I'm pretty good at that. Mm. I'm pretty good at like, you know, like sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll hear that I've got a callback and I was like, oh, what was this for? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that one, I remember just really, really uh, sticking out because there was like, there was the lady that was on the mic and then there was these people in the background that I could see on my little, you know, computer just like looking very like skeptical. And it was just like, it was such a dissonant experience. Mm. Um, again, like even if you're on zoom and there's other people and you're talking to other people, it's not the same as being in a room with people. Oh, zoom callbacks are so bad. Oh, I, so awkward. I had one several years ago where you still lived at our old place at the time. And I remember uh, it was the morning after uh, work Christmas party. I still worked at Gorman at the time. I was doing mm. a shift in the stock room, which meant no customer facing role for the day. I was so hungover. I was running late to work and the casting office actually texted me or called me, left me a voicemail asking if I could come in and be the reader for the day. And I should have said, Oh my God. Yes, of course. Mm. But I was kind of already going to my other job. I looked like shit. I was so hung. I, kind of said, I'm so sorry, I'm not available today. And yeah. then ended up having a call back anyway. Wow. Um, and I had not even taken, I like didn't carry makeup on me. I just put on like, I, I was in the stock room. I just put on a nice Gorman top from the stock room. I think like borrowed someone else's makeup, did it in the corner of the stock room. But the, like the lag in Zoom was so bad. And it yeah. was kind of, I was doing an action. I want to say it was for like a dandruff commercial. And I had to be like, was I scratching or was I noticing someone else scratching? And the director kept kind of saying, and so when you see the other person do this, you say the line and the other person just uh, wasn't doing it. Yeah. Or if they were, it was really lost in translation over zoom. Super delayed. Super delayed. And then eventually they're like, okay, say the line. And that just happened for a good, like 10 minutes straight. Uh, and it was, it was woefully bad. Rough. It was a yeah. bad one. Yeah. I never got asked to read for them again. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Um, what's the stupidest thing you've ever had to do for an audition aside from try and wrestle a giant bird head off? Your yeah. Head? These will be the ones that I've really like suppressed. <laughs> there was one with frozen peas and I had to pretend <laughs> that the peas were, that was like a baby and I had to like <laughs> nurse. Um, I'm, you can't see it, but I'm kind He's of doing like a rocking yeah, motion yeah. with his arms. I, I had to like blow a raspberry on like. A packet of frozen peas. Do they specifically want you to do it with peas or that's just what you chose to hold as the baby? No, it was with peas. Oh. Like that's, that, <laughs> it's very cold. It was just a bad act. I saw it later and I was like, I'm glad I didn't get that because that's just humiliating for the actor. <laughs> so the, another stupid one, this is the one I was talking about before. I, uh, it was a Pringles ad um, and it was like a New Year's thing where I was like, it, I was with a girl and you know, it was counting down to midnight and she was like getting ready for a kiss. My friend and is I, in this ad. I, yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, and go I, on. I'm so, sorry to your friend. <laughs> um, and I had to like take a bite of a Pringle and like the instruction is he takes a bite and it's like heavenly. He's like basically having an orgasm tasting this Pringle. Um, and like, there's a close up of his mouth chewing this Pringle whilst going in for a kiss. So it's just this horrible, horrible oh, angle of someone's face 
eating a Pringle, going in for a kiss. And I was like, I don't think I want this ad. <laughs> like, I did it anyway, but I was, like, so relieved to actually hear that I didn't get it. Really? Well, this also filmed somewhere in, maybe again, Thailand. That's why or... I did it. That's why, because I think it was filming in maybe even, yeah, yeah, it, it was somewhere in Southeast Asia. Uh, maybe, no, it was Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was South Korea. It was somewhere I wanted to go. So I did the ad <laughs> regardless. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't get it. Um but I did see it and uh, I saw it at the movies. Yeah, it was just, oh, just big e- one. even worse, though, because <laughs> the close up on this person's mouth was just not flattering at all. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so that's. um. There, There's a litany of stupid, more stupid things that I've had to do for. Oh, truly. Yeah. And they're always ads. It's never like, you know, even, the, even a TV show with the worst dialogue is still better than any ad where you have to get yourself in a uncomfortable compromising position yeah or or do something stupid with your face that's actually a really good way to put it most tvcs require you to put yourself in a compromising position yeah yeah just just surrender your dignity in some way (laughs) yeah Um, uh, very true and 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 looking like you know this should be the most important thing in the world as well like you booking this ad like you would cancel your wedding plans to be in this commercial um, so funny you say yeah. that because I maybe I would have told you this already at the time, but I was put on hold for an ad last year and the whole way through the audition process, I'd said, I'm NA this day, I'm mm. NA this day. I was on a holiday down in Tassie and I got a call from my agent. They're saying, oh, they really want you for the ad, but they're wondering why you're not available on this day. And first of all, I'm like, does it matter? I've said I'm None not available. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but it was because I was solemnizing a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um for anyone that doesn't know that term, just means that I am the celebrant at the wedding. And I just truly would not, it would have to be a lot of money to get me to cancel very last minute on a couple that I've said I'll marry. Yeah. I just think that's really disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said though, I now have some great celebrant friends that I could probably call on, but still I, they've chosen me very specifically and I've gone through a whole process with them. Anyway, um, the ad actually ended up making it work for me, which was great to know because mm. it was very stressful to, to be like, oh well, fuck! This is actually quite a lot of money for this ad, but I like I can't I can't do it. It was mm-hmm. like a stalemate, but they made it work for me, which I think was really I was pleased that I didn't back down from like I didn't uh, abandon yeah. my beliefs for the ad, and they still made it work for you. You so. don't hear about that happening that much. I know. Usually, yeah. they'll just be like like you feel as an actor that you're so disposable. Yeah, um, particularly with ads, that it's very easy to just get another redhead or whoever they need to just you know be in this spot um but the fact that they move things around for you yeah i guess a credit to your audition oh thank you yeah i think def and obviously you wouldn't take the piss with that be like oh i've got a brunch today or whatever but like well maybe i I would (laughs) (laughs) depends on the ad again depends on the ad um i'm just gonna interject to say are you warm because i'm quite warm and i might put the air con on no i'm Fine, but you you go for okay. it. Okay, am I quite it. red in the face? Um, you can say yes. I uh, there's a reason why I'm red in the face. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a little toasty in here. <laughs> you, you're it's being so polite. You don't want to say that I'm red. Slightly redder than normal, I, I suppose. <laughs> redder than normal. I um I had a, a beauty treatment yesterday. Do you know what a derma pen is? Uh. Your skin, and yes, you, well, derma is like skin stuff. Correct. And... It's like all these little needles going into your face repeatedly, over and over and over and over oh, again. Like um, acupun- acupuncture, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like a a different form of getting like 
I guess, a facial or laser or like a big chemical peel, but it's meant to rejuvenate my skin and make me fucking young and stuff. But I'm so red today and I don't know if you can still see it like on my neck. It's very like blotchy and um, I'm not meant to sweat today. So I am just going to... Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put the aircon on. I'll pause this recording as well. Do, Do it, it again, but better. Jump on there and like answer questions and yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I just hit record again because you just... Um, in, while we were off air, while I turned the aircon on, listeners, we started talking about Elliot's uh, Discord chat room. And that's just reminded me that... Um, and we will talk about this more later, but uh, you are quite a famous YouTuber. Mm. And I love that quite early in your YouTubing career... You discovered that there was like a Reddit thread about you. Yeah, I I popped up a few times on Reddit. Um, I, was it, I, yeah, wasn't the first one like Elliot Roberts cute or something, or it was like no. let's find cute photos of Elliot Roberts. <laughs> well, you do, yeah, you when, when when you get started, you you know if you're um, as narcissistic as I am, uh, you go online and type your name in and see where you've come up, uh, and I popped up on reddit someone had started a reddit uh, a subreddit of just me um and th- but then i appeared on the subreddit lady boners That's uh, <laughs> where basically it's just a, a subreddit of people um s- posting photos of guys <laughs> um they think are hot and uh i popped up there i there's only like two comments next to it i it didn't do great numbers <laughs> folks um, was one of them Lauren? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Lauren doesn't go on Reddit. Um, <laughs> of course, why, she why yeah. would she? Uh, but, but yeah, that's um, that's I, there's there's more about me now on on there. Oh, I bet which, there's actually is, so many subreddits about you. In fact, I should have done more it's, research. It's more that I appear on subreddits. Um, uh, yeah, people like to. I don't know, talk about my videos oh. who are into, yeah, Beatles and the Beach Boys and that kind of thing oh, and ma- make stuff. memes out of me. Uh, it's all in good fun. You're well, a meme? You're uh, multiple memes? I've, I, I've, uh, I've been in a meme before. Oh, my gosh. Um, not, a, not like a well-performing meme or anything <laughs> like that, but a meme nonetheless. I'm definitely going to come back to that. But um, <laughs> where were we? Uh, okay, what's an audition that you have absolutely nailed? My most recent uh, audition that I actually booked, I would say, was perfect for me. Um, I'm in a Specsavers commercial uh, yes. that that I'm currently in and I'm very proud of. <laughs> Everyone, get your Specsavers. Uh, but the audition was for contact lenses. And it was a guy who is going, who's at a gig and he's jumping around and his glasses fly off his face. Oh. And the whole thing is like, should have worn contacts. And that is literally me. Like I'm someone who, as you would know, goes to a lot of gigs. Yes. Uh, with James, your partner. Um, and especially back in the day, not so much these days because gigs are so much more tame uh, post-COVID. Don't know what's happened. But pre-COVID, I went to, I used to go to some rough gigs and my glasses, like it would be dangerous to go with glasses because they would mm. fall off. I've had that experience multiple times and that's why that's literally why I bought contacts for the first time is for gig related yeah, environments. Right. And um so I'm a contacts wearer and a gig goer and that like so I was like, oh this is perfect for me. So I just got in my living room and jumped around to just a song, uh some you know, rock song that was gonna that was a bit of up tempo. And uh, yeah, th- and then I had to like pretend that I was doing the contact lens as like the second shot. 
Um, and I didn't pretend I did it for real oh, to show them method. that. Yeah, I went full method. <laughs> I don't even know if they could see it because contact lenses aren't exactly mm. things that stick out that well. <laughs> but I booked it, um, Mate, which did was Did you good. actually have to put in a contact in I, the shoot? I didn't. But again, in the shoot, they were like, look, you can if you want to. You only What, what the instruction was, um, just take it to your eye. Put right. the contact lens on your eye and then they'll cut away and then... Yeah, they'll they'll wheel around and then it'll just be you in the mirror looking confident. I was like, I can put the contact <laughs> lens in if you want. And they were like, what? Wow, that'd oh be amazing. God. Um, so it was, yeah, that was one where I'm like, this was made for me. I'm yeah. I'm I'm gonna, yeah. And I I I got it. So, Meant yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Do you take contacts out every day? You don't wear like long. I don't contacts. wear them every day. I only ever wear them for site specific reasons. <laughs> Like if I'm um, going to a 3D movie or a gig <laughs> or if I just don't want to wear my glasses yeah. uh, that day. Um, but no, I, I, I like to have uh, naked eyes most of the time. <laughs> Go nude. Yeah. Yeah. James has just gotten into wearing contact lenses, as I'm sure he's probably told you. I th- Yeah, well, the last I heard was that he couldn't because he couldn't Struggling. stick his finger in his I eye. No, my poor darling. <laughs> he's like, bless him. He's got really long, uh, we call them cow lashes. He's got really long, beautiful eyelashes, but they were really getting in the way. I kind of, sometimes I would stand there and uh, you gotta silently do the whole, offer like, support. Yeah, they, they you know? kept getting in the way. And uh, obviously, of course, your eye, your eye is like trying to protect itself if this is something that you're not used to doing. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's better at it now. Can he get him in? He can. Yeah. Not every time. Sometimes, because James is doing a show at the moment in the evenings and sometimes when he's meant to have left like 15 minutes ago, I'm hearing from the bathroom like, God damn it. Right. Over and over <laughs> again. And That was actually... Sometimes um, I would wear contacts when I was performing on stage, um, but sometimes I would not wear them because it's freeing to look out at the audience and everyone's kind of fuzzy. Because sometimes you lock eyes with someone (laughs) or you see that they're on their phone or they're giving like a a bored expression and you internalize that and it messes you up. If If I don't wear contacts, everyone's kind of... Like blurry, like it's dark anyway. So I, I'm, I don't have much of a good chance of seeing their expression, and it's almost just like the audience isn't there. Yeah. So to anyone that's like, love, that. you know, I, I'm only a little bit short sighted. It's like negative point, negative one point seven five in my left, negative one point five in my right, or something like that. So it's, I'm not super blind when, but it's, so so if you have a similar uh, prescription and you're an actor. Try not wearing contacts on stage. You might find it a liberating experience. I love that. That yeah. reminds me, again, at this show that I was at at MTC last night, I was sitting in, I think, the third row and truly about five times people's phones pinged in the audience. Yeah. And yeah. I was sitting next to a couple of boomers and... Um, oh, they're the worst. Aren't they the worst? Well, man, the, <laughs> the guy next to me, and he had like a flip cover on his phone. And every time someone else in the audience's phone pinged, yeah. he would just pull his out, open it, and just oh, it must be, be for me. There. Yeah. Like truly for nearly a minute each time reading a message on his screen. And I am um, just reminding myself on the internet of the actor's name, Robert, Rob Menzies, of course. I said Colin Friel before, but Rob Menzies was doing this beautiful monologue. Yeah. And I'm sure he actually could sit, looked and saw the light from this guy's iPhone. So fucking. And it's always blamed on the younger generation where I find it's almost always a boomer. It is. And when they did the whole thing at the start, put your phones on silent. I actually heard this guy lock his phone screen and it did even like the locking the sound, click sound the click sound yeah, yeah. and i thought should i say something about it? I, I did not um maybe we're just more covert about it because we're just better <laughs> i know it's like mate you do you 
think that that doesn't apply anyway. Full it's... brightness up and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what is an audition that made you uncomfortable or outraged in some way? Uh, so, okay. So I was thinking about this last night. I probably cause the, cause I'm like, if I was a woman, I think I would have so many more examples of this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know it's a horror show in there sometimes for, for women and auditions. I don't actually remember feeling that uncomfortable. Like when it comes to, or, or like outraged or annoyed or anything like that, or offended, uh, because again, you are somewhat leaving your dignity at the door. So anything that I have to do, like, I don't genuinely feel uncomfortable. Usually I think this is stupid or like, why are they doing it like this? Mm. Um, or what are they getting out of me performing in this way? Um, but I've never really felt like super uncomfortable. I remember going for a, um, it was a gum or a mint commercial and I had to kiss someone and the girl, I, I could feel the, I could feel the girl I had to kiss was very uncomfortable and nervous. Right. Um, is it in the audition you had to kiss? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is pre-COVID. Um, just, just before COVID, I would say. Uh, but yeah, she, I just, I kind of felt bad for her. Like I was like, oh, she doesn't want to do this. I don't, I don't necessarily want to do this now either. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not very fun to kiss someone who clearly doesn't want to kiss you. Yeah. Well, I I mean like, you know, yeah, I, I, like, hopefully she didn't find me repulsive or anything like that. (laughs) I think, I think it was just the circumstances of having to do it on camera, on command, again, with someone you barely said hello to. And this was Um, in the, was this a callback where you had to kiss or the straight up audition? Don't remember actually. And was there any discussion beforehand of like, are you two okay with this or like... Anything I think it, like I, that? maybe a little bit. This was before like intimacy coordinators yeah. really started becoming a, 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 a thing. Yeah. I think, but at the end of the day, like for a commercial where you have to kiss someone, like you know, you're an actor. Like it's not like it's going to get that out of control. Yeah. Um. But I get being nervous about it. What I did was I tried to talk to her, like build up some sort of rapport. But she felt she just kind of felt so nervous that she was even kind of like struggling with that. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to go well. Maybe she'd seen you on the subreddit Lady Boners. And this she was, was like, well oh my before God, my YouTube that. career. This is when I was a complete unknown. Um, yeah. So that uh, I met. And again, maybe I do have more of these stories, but I have just repressed They're deep them. Deep in the swamp. Yeah, yeah. I just let them go out of sheer necessity. Man, you really do get a lot of mouth related commercials yeah and it's kind of like the part of my face that i'm most insecure about really so, yeah. your mouth actually that's, what, that's why i did so blocking it right now but well i don't mind it like <laughs> i i think i have you know like nice teeth and teeth and that kind of thing but sometimes it's a point of insecurity that's why i got the spec savers ones because it was all about my eyes the eyes baby yeah well i'm so glad to hear that you don't have many stories that make you feel outraged and uncomfortable um good for you yeah dis- disenfranchised uh <laughs> yeah uh, like uh embarrassed sure but not, not not uncomfortable well that's good what about an audition that took you somewhere unexpected this is kind of that it could even be an answer to a previous question but i think it's a funny story regardless um so i went in for it was an in-person audition recently uh, which was very exciting. It was still right. just just for an ad. Um, and as I was in the waiting room, waiting to be called in, I could hear the guy that was obviously going for the same role uh, who was in before me. And <laughs> he walks out afterwards, and it's my good friend, Eden. Hi, Eden. Ah. Um, 
I think I may have even told you the story oh, yeah, at one point. Oh, yeah, this is ringing a bell, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had a good catch-up. It was kind of like, you know, for those of you who don't <laughs> know me or Eden, we look a little bit similar. We have a similar thing going on, similar facial hair and hair situation. And for um, people that yeah have no visual, that is like kind of dark brown, like floppy hair, like yeah. kind of nearly touching your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, mid to long length. Yeah. Um, definitely a certain look. And... Uh, so he leaves, say hi to him, very nice. And then I go in uh, to the audition room and it's just a young lady with a laptop. And she said, uh, okay, so just uh, stand there. Now, the director has had to leave because um, the director was on a computer. He was on a Zoom watching. He had a stream of the audition. And then there was the woman in there just kind of like setting up the tech mm. and like kind of being the liaison between the zoom call and me yeah and she's like but um i think i know what he wants and what you need to do so just go ahead and jump in. so what what it seemed to me uh in the room was that they were probably happy with eden <laughs> or i don't know they just made up their mind um and i was kind of like coming into audition now just like out of obligation it was just very kind of like deflating that I was going in expecting like, oh, wow, an in-person audition. This is what I've been wanting. And then I go in and it is just a person on the laptop and the person on the laptop isn't even there. <laughs> and I don't know if they're going to show my my recording to the director later on. Uh, but yeah, just one of those times where it's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's going to be how it is. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Way to feel valued. It it, all, it also just like take, takes the wind out of your sails, and I yes. didn't do well. Yeah, like you sure. go in kind of hyped, and then like that that hits you, and it just rattles you a bit. Yeah, you know? and then you're like, this is just going worse and worse and worse. Yeah. let's go home. Yeah, you feel yourself deflating as yes. you're doing the actions or saying the lines. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, what about an audition on the other end of that? Something that you're thankful for? I guess I hope you'll allow this. I, I would say the audition for um, the acting school that yeah. we both got into in yeah, different years. For uh, sure. the, a plug for the <laughs> Howard Fine Acting Studio full-time course. It was just, um, you know, I had auditioned for drama schools before, but often they don't give you feedback. They don't work with you. They just want to see if you're talented or not. Um, but this one was a really good one to audition in front of uh, really tenured, experienced acting teachers from LA who had a very different kind of idea about a- acting and performance than your standard, you know, Australian drama school professionals. This is someone who deals with actors who are actually booking day to day. And I just remember getting like doing this audition and uh, doing this monologue and then doing it again. And I was kind of getting coached along the way. And I remember thinking like, wow, even if I don't get into this drama school that was such a helpful audition like I was kind of being yeah like you know he's an acting teacher so obviously uh, he knew what he was talking about but just like picking up on things where I could improve and just you know going further with stuff that I was doing I really like those auditions where they sort of like work with you in the room and yeah just thinking like even if I don't get this that was really valuable I hope it hope i do get into this school because i'd love to and i you know i did but yeah yeah that that, that sort of stuff where you go away feeling like you've learned something yeah and that you're like oh now i'm excited to like do something else now in this space because yeah. I've, I've just gotten good feedback or i've i've been challenged on something and that's always what you want as an actor is, is you want to feel like a it's not a waste of time and b is that you're 
you've uncovered something about yourself um, in the yeah. in the room. It's it's so much more helpful when you can do a full monologue as an audition and not like smell this you know batch <laughs> of frozen peas and pretend it's an infant. You know, like th- that is really the spectrum of acting auditions. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I guess another one would be oh, maybe this is an answer to a future question. Whatever, I'll just say it now. Um, I auditioned. I don't get that many TV auditions, but the ones I do get, I tend to book. And one was this one for this show called Glitch, where I had to get. Yeah. Um, I played a a, a a a gay, a young gay man in the 1930s, 1920s. And oh, was it that early? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think right. So. And I had to basically get like bashed um, for you know, as was the times, and I had to like. I was in an audition room. It, this was in the callback, which was in person. And I had to like take all this like feedback as I was like getting, you know, beaten up by an invisible person that wasn't there. Oh, but wow. I, I just remember again, like feeling challenged and feeling like mm. they were like, you know, asking me to like, you know, go places in the audition. I remember like tearing up cause I was, you know, getting beaten up. So I, I like that. I like when you're kind of locked in with the casting director and you, and you, you, you're kind of just like, they're kind of pushing you, but they're doing yeah. it at a good pace and they're just seeing like what, what else they can get out of you and just challenging yeah. you a bit. That's, that's, that's when I feel like alive in yeah. the audition room. When they're engaged with you rather yeah. than you feel bored. like they're, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not bored or just trying to get you in and out the door. Totally. They're that, actually responding to what you're putting down. That's when you remember like, Oh, this is why I love doing this. Yeah. This is, this yeah. Is, Cause I can like, you know, at the end of the day with an audition, what you got to remember is that, you know, it can it can often feel like you go in there and, you know, they don't want to see you. They're not interested. You're just wasting their time. Mm. You're there to solve their problem. Yeah, they've yeah. got an issue. Uh, they, well, not, not an issue, but they've got a problem they need to solve. They need someone who can fit in the mold of this character. And they are hoping on hope that you are the person that's going to yeah. be the be the answer to this. And that's what you kind of got to go into an audition with, I think. That's my advice. Um, is that like I'm going to go in there and I'm going to solve their problem. And it's good when you feel like you're solving their problem and you're the answer that they've been yeah, seeking. and they're excited. Um, yeah. So you had to pretend to be getting beaten up in this audition. Yeah, basically. I was just... Yeah, fun. Um, I, I, I like really physical auditions. Um, again, not where you're leaving your dignity at the door, but where you have to like, you know, um, push yourself, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I you know I I, don't, I I I really like that. Again, I come from a bit of a more physical theatre improv-y kind of background. I'm a lot more experienced in that kind of stuff, so I feel like it's where I can tend to shine mm. a little bit. Whereas I feel like some people might be a bit more stiff in those situations. For me, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And what well, you kind of just said this. What are you good at when it comes to auditioning or acting in general? Um, I'm. I'm really good at a cold read. That's that's always been one of my strengths, which is again why I like in-person auditions. I like when people, um, or, or when they throw like they, they throw an absolute wrench in the works and they pull a one eighty and they're like, <laughs> obviously this didn't work on Zoom that time, but when they're like, actually let's let's try it for this character. And suddenly it's a whole bunch of lines that you've never learned before. Yeah, you've fun. not, you've had no chance to prepare for a lot of, for a lot of actors that is like 
you know, a death knell. They, they, they seize up and go, I didn't get to prepare. I haven't internalized this. I haven't, you know, like blah, 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 blah. They give themselves a bunch of excuses why they're going to fail. But I love the challenge of like, here, here's some lines to read. Just make something of this right now. Yeah. That's like, that's, I get, I, I, I get a fire lit under me when I'm asked to do that because um, maybe it's just something in me that like, isn't always good at preparing or just doesn't feel like (laughs) is too arrogant to think they need to prepare. But I love when I'm just like asked of something in the moment. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I think I'm a good reader. I can look at a line or a paragraph and then kind of absorb it and then just say it without really needing to look down at the page too much. That's that's always been a strength of mine. Yeah. Fun. Um, Not like over preparing, just like going for it. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, what do you think you get typecast as in auditions? I guess aside ty- from someone that eats Pringles and sure, Sprite sure, and sure. I get typecast as like the nerdy guy. I think there's one photo circulating probably on my acting profiles of me wearing glasses, um, or maybe it's just my face and my look. <laughs> but I, I get like the. <laughs> The camping one, the the deodorant one, is like it wasn't the hero wearing the wearing the deodorant. It was the guy that literally has his face stuffed into the hero's armpit and like uh, nearly has an orgasm from how good he smells. <laughs> you know, just an absolute simp. Um, you know, just just kind of like a wimpy IT guy, a, a dude who is pretty innocent, doesn't really have much experience. I, I every now and then I'll go for like a tradie role, and it never works. Like every time I'm sitting in the room, there's always like blokey dudes with like huge necks, and, and I just go in there, and I'm just like. I, I like I get it. Like I, I think I have more of a soft appearance. Yeah, you haven't um, worked the land, as James and I say. I haven't worked the <laughs> land. No, no, I've got very soft hands. Um, and yeah, I think that comes through maybe with my photos or, or something like that. Where yeah, I, I, I definitely get more of the beta male roles <laughs> and not the alpha male roles but i'm fine with that you know like you're not weathered you've moisturized yeah yeah i guess that means if you've had a shower that that's the sort of (laughs) role that you'll go for um but you know i'm okay with that because it means that i know what roles i'll be better suited towards what what sort of photos i should take um, as my headshots um trying to think of anything else um yeah, it's mainly that. Well, that kind of leads me to, on the flip side of that, is there a typecast or a kind of character that you would love to be seen more as? <laughs> Maybe like something funny, you know, like th- th- <laughs> this is more, I think, an overall indictment on the Australian media landscape at the moment that nothing is really funny. Mm-hmm. No one's really mm-hmm. making comedies and the ones that they are making are just dreadful and god awful. <laughs> I'm, n- I'm really not selling myself. If anyone ever, <laughs> if there was a casting agent that looked me up, they would think this guy is the biggest know-it-all like ungrateful douchebag we're not casting him but yeah i truly think that there hasn't been many funny things made uh in a while um and i would love to do that i would love to show off my comedy chops in a tv show a movie Mm. even an ad that requires like it's always like we need someone who has a sense of humor and um Mm. can pull off comedy and it's like where in this ad are you asking for that yeah um in the 0.5 seconds that i'm on the screen yeah yeah yeah. how is that coming across yeah well because you wrote and and started in your own mini series several years ago called was it called just method or was it method actor no it was method actor it was yeah yeah, this thing i did um because i've always 
kind of done like little, you know, little sketches, comedy sketches myself or with people and just uploaded them on the internet. Um, and then one time, one, one day I was like, oh, I should probably turn, extrapolate this into something proper. And I wrote a, a six episode web series called Method Actor that um, was just me having an attempt to be like, because everyone, everyone's always like, well, you got to make your own work. Yeah. You know, you've got to be actor slash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you're a writer, you're a director, you're a, you're this, you're that. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do that and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do like that. I do. I, I love comedy still. I, I used to do stand up when I was younger. Uh, I, comedian. I, yes. Yes. Maybe comedian. <laughs> Strike the um, maybe. Uh, I improviser. I, I do love all that, and I would love to tackle actually funny dialogue mm. um, in a scene to audition with. I think that'd be a real fun time. But so far, that hasn't come up. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And how do you celebrate after an acting win? Um, <laughs> if how do I celebrate? <laughs> Uh, if it's, if it's of... an ad, I'll probably be like, all right, I'll buy those shoes that I've yeah, been looking at yeah. because ads usually pay pretty well. Um, and acting win, I don't know. You're I... not super big on like rewarding yourself after auditioning, booking. Um, yeah. If it's like an, yeah, if it's an ad, I'll like, and I'm like on the fence of buying something expensive. Um, maybe I will just pull the trigger on it if I find out that I've got the ad if it's like, uh, you know, a TV show or something like that, that's only going to pay like a base rate, you know, it's not really about the money. It's it, then, then I just feel fulfilled that I'm actually going to be acting in something. And the thrill is just being on set, yeah, giving the lines, giving, you know, like doing my best to uh, fulfill this role the way the director envisioned it. That's the win. Yeah. You know? Like I don't like, I'm not, um, I don't like to like reward myself too much or celebrate too much as well because it's like again it's like it's about the work yeah you know <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's your job yeah yeah maybe maybe I should because they as most actors would know like those kind of acting wins can be very few and far between but um I guess I would say though that you are a person who has uh, curated your life so that you kind of nearly every day if not every day can already be doing the things that you want to be doing so maybe you don't feel the need to like reward yourself because you already kind of are living like you are rewarding yourself on the daily yeah well that's that like just to bridge the gap between the web series that i made after i made the web series i was like all right this is fun my friends and family have watched this and this is cute and all and i'm proud of it um and i feel accomplished but i want to like make stuff that people will actually want to watch yeah so i'm gonna talk i'm gonna make videos not about you know me being the star of this little show i'm gonna make videos about a specific topic that i think a lot of people could tune into and that's how my youtube career kind of started i talked about stuff that people actually like like the beatles and other music and films and that has allowed me over months and years to make that my how i make a living and so as you said that is a huge win. I'm very, very lucky that that's what I get to do every day. And that is enough to be grateful for. And that's kind of like, in a way, taking the pressure off acting. Like, I still go for it. I probably still now go for more ads because I have more time. Mm. Um, and I'm very accessible if people need me for a thing or a last minute 
you know, like this has to be in by tomorrow. I can usually do that. Um, but it does mean that because I'm now shooting my own ads in my YouTube videos for different products and I'm getting earning my own money off however much I work hard that day, sometimes getting a self-tape can be like, oh, this is intruding in on like me working on this video that I want to get out so that yeah. I can start earning money on this video and this ad is getting in the way of that. So sometimes I even view it as like a, you know, hindrance, uh, which is awful to say, but it's just, it's just where I am now with my yeah, career. Sure. Like I still would love, uh, and I know we've got some questions coming up about like what I would love to do in the acting space. That's still definitely like what I want to do, but I guess like it's not um, the most known thing about me now. If people know Elliot Roberts, they know me as a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, but it's still always there in parallel, you know? Like, yeah. Um, it's both. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, because one of my questions is what do you do with yourself when you're not acting, which we've just started talking <laughs> about, but like talk, talk people through it a bit. So um, I remember we went away truly probably three Januarys ago, right? January or, 2021. To, to, three, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, you were kind of saying in the car, oh, I've I've made this YouTube video about the Beatles. What one was that? What was that? Oh, yeah, that, that would have, I would have only had two videos out by then. And it was just starting to like... I was just starting to get yeah. a lot of views. I feel like every few hours you were like, holy shit, I've had another 10,000 views yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah it, 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 that, that, that was a good time. That was like when I just had my first peak. Yeah. Uh, I'd released two videos. One was a very, again, like it's very niche. I compiled all the different biopics about that have been done about the Beatles. That's right, yeah. Um, partly due to the fact that a lot of them are like made-for-TV movie uh, biopics, which are you know, very low budget and kind of funny. I really like bad taste <laughs> and bad biopics. I think that's like a fun genre to talk about. Um, so that was one of my videos. Another video I did was about a uh, Paul McCartney album. Um, and it, just off those two, I there was one day in January where it just like shot up. And then from there, I was just like, whoa. And then I could start getting paid. And yeah, then it all start monetizing yeah, it. All and started happening around then. Yeah. And then you were still working another job at Apple at the same time for yeah. probably another like year or so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stayed at Apple from the time I started going, um, quote unquote, viral on, on <laughs> YouTube. Uh, what does that even mean anymore? I, I just started doing getting good numbers, basically. From about one year after that... Is when I was like, oh, okay, I can quit my job, but I stayed on a bit longer to get that long service leave pay. Nice. Um, that seven years, but uh, yeah, that's about how long it took from when I started to when I was like, I could probably just do this now and not have another job, which is a very nice thing to realize. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You see, you can you're essentially a, a full time YouTuber, yeah. and it's been really cool to see a how fast you've been able to achieve that. But also you've done it so just being genuine to yourself and true to yourself, making videos about what you love to talk about that's yeah. obviously touched a lot of people. But also, actually, every time I'm in public with you now, someone comes up to be like, oh, my God, are you Elliot? I love your videos, man. It's like it's yeah. so yeah, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's... Like You're my most famous friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that was, a, I, I guess, a sweet little perk is that. Um, usually in spaces where people, you know, I, I never get recognized in a supermarket, but like at a, at, <laughs> yeah, a, at a music or, gig or, or even like at the Astor cinema, yes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's usually film and music nerds um, <laughs> uh, just like me who recognize me, which is really, really sweet, really nice. 
Um, Truly, that's if I had that level of fame, nothing more. I would just that is just the perfect touch of fame that people just come yeah. up to you sometimes and they're like, "Love your work." Yeah, it's so I, nice. I can go out in public and not, you know, looking like an absolute mess. <laughs> you don't like, have like the cap on. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll like, um, like one time I was at a, a music festival that we were at and I was not in a lucid state and that's always a bit trickier when you get recognized and just having to deal with someone while your mind isn't all there um so that's yeah that's when you're like yeah i wouldn't want to be like out in public and not in my not my best self and be getting recognized that would be tricky like i really don't envy you know the amount of fame that uh like a-listers have like gosh that would be tricky, but I'm nowhere near that, folks. So <laughs> just yeah, nice just, to be a little Melbourne local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also globally, like, haven't you been overseas and people have come up to you? Yeah, well, that's that's the fun thing about it is like, if I was, you know, just on an Australian soap, I, I guess if it was Neighbours, they'd recognise me in the UK. But because YouTube is an international thing, mm. I get just as recognised here as I do anywhere else I go. So the first place I got recognised was England. Um, uh, happened to me three times there. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I'm waiting. I, I want to go to America this year and, um, mm. do a few things over there and not just to see if I get recognized, but actually meet some other <laughs> just loiter in public spaces. Yeah. Do you know who I am? <laughs> um, but just, just cause I, I've met a few other like creators online and I want to like, you know, n- get to know more creative friends. Cause it is a very lonely, um, profession i suppose like i am entirely by myself it's great because i'm a very independent person i've always felt like when i whenever i did like group projects at school i always felt like i just handle it better if i just did did it all myself holding me back yeah 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 I, i get a very specific idea of how i want something to go um, which is bad for an actor in in the pre-shaping sense. Like you want to be free and uncompromised and ready for change. But if it's like an actual, if I've got a vision for a video or a script or whatever, I'm I've always just been better at doing it myself mm. and seeing. You know, I, I get a very specific idea in my mind. I get very passionate about it. I think that's why I tended to do well on YouTube is because I'm very extra and. I get really into certain, you know, mm. certain music, film, whatever. And uh, people, I remember like being in Howard Fine and like talking about something one time and um, <laughs> I'm trying to say this person's name, but. I'm going to um, bleep it out. <laughs> uh, they were like, are you okay? Like you're, you're really <laughs> like into like you're really ex- you're getting really excited elliot like calm down a bit and i was like sorry it's just how i get when yeah, i talk yeah, about this and that's you have like passions yeah 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 i i, I get really into something mm. um and i think that's only like helped me yeah uh, as as a, as a youtuber because people can really like you know get behind that sort of enthusiasm yeah you know yeah and having watched not all but many of your videos i think that is yeah why people relate to you through it because you are just genuinely passionate about what you're talking about in a in a really um innocent feels like kind of the wrong word but do you know what i mean like yeah yeah, Yeah. it's like it's um not pretentious it's just unashamedly passionate about it which is so nice i think there can there's a lot of people on youtube who like they can tend to get into the more cynical yeah uh like this is why this sucks. This movie was garbage. And I'm going to tell you why. Here are all the plot holes. Um, whereas I, like I, I dipped into that, but it was, I never felt really comfortable or myself. I, I've, mm. I, I, I like being 
a YouTuber who is, you know, enthusiastic about yeah. something, explaining why something is great, not yeah. not tearing shit down. Well, yeah, because you're quite a positive person. You're very much a glass half full person. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think the cynical isn't really you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, pl- I can be a hater when I need to be. <laughs> um, some stuff is just bad. Uh, but even then, like, I try to, you know, approach that with humor and not, like, with vilification. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't want to be one of those people. There's, there's already enough, like, cynicism and yeah. that kind of stuff in the world. So it's nice. I, like, I find it nice as well when I find, it, you know, a content creator. I hate that term. Video creator <laughs> <laughs> online who is, yeah, you can tell that they're just really into what they're doing and you can really get behind them and that, even if yeah. you're not into that topic yourself. You know, yeah. you just get behind their enthusiasm and their passion for it. And yeah. I'm always so interested in because you and I are similar in that we both kind of work for ourselves, work from home most yeah. of the time. I'm so interested in like, what does your day to day look like? How do you feel your time? Are you a very routiney person? And you said earlier that if you've got a video due soon, you will just do mm. nothing but that. And sometimes you'll be like, oh, sorry, I can't actually see you for another two weeks. I've got this video. Like, how much yeah. time does it take you to work on a video, edit it? What do you do with yourself in a daily on a daily basis? It's a good question. I hope this is interesting <laughs> to anyone else. Well, it's interesting to me. Um, well, th- oh, thank you. Um, yeah, but if you are um, maybe another video creator is listening and they can relate to this, but I find the writing stage to be very tricky. I get a lot of different ideas. Sometimes I get a block. Um, and often when you're writing about something, because with YouTube, it's not like, it's like when you're writing a book and you get like, you know, months or years to like, you know, uh, research and make sure it's perfect and that kind of thing. YouTube has, uh, like, if you want to stay relevant, you do have to kind of post often. So Mm. I find the writing stage to be kind of stressful because by the time you've then shot it and edited it, it can be like a month or two. And you're looking back and you're like, ah, oh, I want to actually change my main contention here. I wrote that script in a kind of hurried state because I needed to get a video out. But now that I've spent so much time on this subject and editing, and I've found new footage of this, you want to change it all. So mm. writing can be a very frenetic kind of uh, part of the process for me. I'm lucky if I spend like three hours writing a day sometimes it's only like little bits and you just got to be thankful for that um what i love to and then shooting can be taxing because it's just you and a camera and again you have to like channel that enthusiasm you have when Mm. you're just talking about um this album say it is or a song like i can get really you know spontaneously into talking about why that song is good and then you can write about it. You know, often, I'll, like, I often find that I have my mo- most of my ideas when I'm on a walk, when I'm feeling active. Mm, and I agree, yeah. You know, and I like, so I'll get my notes app out and just, like, stand on the footpath and just, like, write <laughs> a few paragraphs about something because that's where I find I actually get the most uh, ideas. You know, sitting just at my desk doesn't always generate that. But um, when you're filming, you have to again channel that enthusiasm you have for that kind of spontaneous you know we're just talking as friends sort of thing yeah and you're three hours deep into a shoot and your voice is hoarse and you're just like i just want to finish this but you have to like you know (laughs) like 
look into that camera and really you have to memorize all this stuff as well paragraph by paragraph i don't really read off it i find that always sounds more stagnant so i try to like memorize a chunk again that's a thing that i what part of why i'm good at cold reading is because it's a big part of my job um so yeah that 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 can be a very taxing day is shooting but then the best fun is editing i love 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 Mm -hmm. editing that's when i can get into a flow state um and I really, but it's also where I can get very perfectionisty, and that's where I find a video can get uh, like delayed. Like I, I think like oh it's going to be done by the end of this week, and then it's another two three weeks because I get really obsessed with how I want something to look, how mm. I want something to sound. You're mixing audio. You're I love that. I can do that like from sun up till sundown and then beyond. Yeah, time can really fly when you're editing. Yeah, it's my fa- it's my favorite thing to do, but that's that's why I was saying like um, this recent time I really did have a sponsorship de- deadline where they're like we need this video out by this time because you signed a contract. So sometimes it's easier when you don't have a sponsor and you can yeah. just you know take as long as you need which is what my next video is. So I'm just going to take as long as I need for it and just really enjoy the editing phase. But again, like with YouTube, it's always a balance. Like every day that you don't upload, you, you see your money go down because less and less people right. are watching. That's, so, does that kind of um, give you anxiety to see that or you just kind of chill with it? Um, not so much because it's never, I've never been in a dire position where I'm not earning anything. There's always a yeah. baseline of money of um i guess passive income that's what's great about being you know doing what i do being a video creator is that someone's generally always watching your stuff even if it's lower than when you would have just released a video Mm. and then there's i also have a patreon as well so i get you know a some you know a, a sum of money each month from patrons so i'm never worried but it is always a balance of if I, you know, don't spend as much time editing here and maybe just make it good and not amazing, uh, then more people will watch it. But I am now that I've got a good foundation of um, like, oh, I can survive off this and not release anything for a couple of months. I do tend to spend more time perfecting a video. And I think that's yeah. YouTubers across the board. Often when they start out, they release a video every week or two weeks. And then when they get like quite well known, it'll be like a video, maybe only four videos a year because they, they turn them into like full scale yeah, wow. documentaries or films, That's of, cool. you know, intense video essays that go for like three hours. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's my kind of, um, uh, that's how I like to work. It is somewhat of a routine. I definitely have a routine outside of a video. Like I, yeah. Tell me about that. I, you know, every morning, wake up, make a coffee, read. How long um, do you read for? Do you give yourself a like time to stop now? It depends on the book. Depends on where I am. Mm. Again, because my schedule is my own, I might read for an hour or so. Um, I do a Wordle. I still do Wordles. Oh, Um, good for you. And uh, I've gotten into yoga recently, so I've been starting to do a bit of yoga. Are you still running? Yeah. running recently. I, I ran a couple of days ago. Yeah, I have... I'm just trying to improve myself around YouTube because mm. it's such a sedentary lifestyle, just sitting yes. at a desk that, you know, my old job was standing up all day. And even if you're not like doing much walking or running, even just standing is amazing. 
for you, yeah. you know? And then when I stopped doing that, I was like, oh, I have to actually take on my own physical activity here. Yeah, yeah. you have to fit it in. I'm exactly the same. And as a person who truly will burn if I go out to the clothesline to hang some clothes up, <laughs> uh, I am the same. I've spent so much of my day sitting and have to actively find the time to go out walking, but then the sun and then I fucking hate yeah. the sun. And I, I hate gyms. I cannot do <laughs> gyms. So for me, running was like, kind of one of the again it it all comes back to me doing things solo not wanting anyone else any other gear or equipment i just want to be able to go out and do the thing because otherwise i never do it yeah i procrastinate with all the other stuff um so running is working for me and the yoga is a new thing that i'm enjoying as well um and then amongst all that stuff as well as you know all the because i'm kind of like a you know my, my my partner lauren goes out to work has some days at home but i'm kind of the domestic one at home now so i'll also do like laundry you know a bit of cooking vacuuming um sometimes you just don't get time in a day to work but yeah. um when i am sitting down to work i generally have a pretty good structure um but i'm also a very unstructured person like sometimes mm. i'll just like edit into the evening in the week that i'll release a video i sometimes i don't go to bed till like 4 a.m just because i'm really into something right but again it's it's all just the liberty to be able to do that yeah you know yeah that lifestyle works for me people without us that kind of structure without any kind of structure in their lives really struggle with that but Mm. i thrive on it just being able to be left alone and trust (laughs) that i'll come out with the goods you know yeah i love that okay what do you do for self-care when you're not feeling your best um, yeah, I, I go out for walks. Mm-hmm. I have a dog, Martha, um, that uh, Martha. My, my partner and I, Lauren, uh, own. So going on a walk with those two uh, usually clears my head. Having a chat, having someone to talk to. Mm. Um, I've, I've been in a pretty good mental space the last few years. So a part of that is routine. Part of that is, you know, figuring out what it is you want to do in your life. Um, but yeah, just talking, talking through whatever it is that's, you know, not so great for yourself, um, is just like having someone to talk through that stuff. Cause that, cause the longer you leave it, the more it manifests. Yeah. Whereas if you get to kind of like hash it out and, uh, you know, vent, you know, a lot of that is relieved mm. and sometimes it's just, you know, voicing it, you know, I am my voice <laughs> as David Corey used to say, <laughs> does still say, I imagine. We did our training at Howard Fine with David Corey, FYI. Um, That's a, that, that was a huge, like, that That really is a good mantra. I yeah. am my voice. Like, outside of everything else, voicing whatever is inside of you, be it a complaint, be it a song, whatever it is, actually, yeah. like, speaking talking to yourself to someone else really does help it really does my uh my bestie had and i will send each other really long voice notes nearly every day and sometimes it is it will be like just warning you this is nothing but a rant and it will be about yeah. the pettiest first world problem problem yes to thing sometimes but yeah i agree getting it out or sometimes i'll write a note on my phone yeah if i'm feeling upset about something and truly just expelling it from your body in some way or yes. another is so important exercising it from your soul yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for you do you usually like talk that stuff out with your partner Lauren or because I, I do feel for 
men and this is a really weird off topic thing, but Mm. I do feel like that, you know, there's still, especially in Australia is such a stigma around men talking about their feelings and their mental health. And I'm so pleased that James feels that he has male friends that he can talk to that stuff about and then in turn encourage them to do the same. Do you feel like you've got good male friends in your life to talk that stuff through with? I do. Yeah. James being one of them for sure. Like I, you know, I've never been someone who's, bought into the stereotypical male um you yeah. know <laughs> code yeah. of living one's life uh which i think has been you know really helpful to me because yeah. ma- masculinity is a prison um and you, you don't want to find yourself trapped in there so yeah yeah I, I like i said i i've been you know been feeling pretty good about myself so even just talking about that stuff with lauren is is typically enough but i always uh want to feel that my yeah my other male friends can talk about whatever is on their mind um i certainly do i'll talk about you know if i'm upset i'll talk to them about it sometimes there's stuff that you can't talk to your partner about um but like what yeah (laughs) really like with me not i guess not much uh i I really do talk to lauren about everything but um i get that with with some men it's not that easy yeah and uh yeah you like there are male friends in my life from the past that I haven't really heard from in a while. And I think like, oh, like, is it my due due diligence to reach out to them? Mm. Be like, are they feeling okay? How are they Mm. doing? That's probably something I could be be better at just like picking up the phone and like giving someone a call. But I also know that how many people hate that, Mm. like just getting a a call from someone. They feel like it's almost like... An invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So sometimes I just... I just don't do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, to the men out there, talk to your friends. Talk, talk <laughs> just, just, just talk to people, and don't, um, don't, you know, get confined to uh, masculine standards. It's no good. <laughs> I guess leading on from that, um, and my, probably my favorite question: What's something about yourself that people might not know about you, or that you wish? more people knew about you and this yeah. can truly be anything you'll know this but i'm a huge survivor fan like the the, <laughs> the one audition that i really want to get oh, um yeah. is to be on survivor and can uh, we talk about the fact that you did have yeah. a couple of auditions for it last year <laughs> can i talk about, Should I I mean, talk I, about we, that we don't have to but well yes i want to be on survivor i uh will apply this year. I have applied in the past. I just love the show. It's got nothing to do with acting. It's got nothing to do with YouTube. It's just been a deep love I've had for that format of uh, strangers on an island having to work together. And every few days you've got to vote someone out. That's just so intrinsically appealing to me. Um, I think that is, it's still the most amazing social experiment out there. And I just, yeah, I love Survivor. I love the mechanics of it. And I want to be on the show someday. What yeah. kind of uh, character do you think you would uh, step into if you were on Survivor? Do you think you would be like the harmonizer, the leader, the villain? Mm. I would definitely, like my thing would be, um, yeah, like laying low. Don't try to like make any big moves right out of the gate because you become a target particularly on australian survivor they do it for more days so you've got a lot more time to kind of ingratiate yourself with a group you don't want to burn too early so i would more try a like try to play a social game try to you know just be friendly with everyone be helpful around camp um and, but then also <laughs> get a good read on the people around me 
find their strengths, their weaknesses, um, what's, what ticks people off and use that to my mm. advantage and make it look like it's coming from someone else to keep the target off my back. Can you tell that I've thought a lot about this? <laughs> you really have. That's a way more detailed answer than I was expecting. I, and I... I could go on as well, but I, but I won't. I won't. Um, but yeah, that's something about me. I could see you them often cutting to you for. Do, do they do? I have not watched Survivor for probably two decades. <laughs> do they like have chat to cameras or people kind of narrating what's going on? Because yeah. I could see them using you a lot as the narrator. Like, so apparently right now we're supposed to be doing this thing. But totally. I, that would be one of my strengths. I think. I can see it, that is, too. Is being able to yeah narrate what's going on what what i deem to be the story of the camp <laughs> yeah. of characters that i'm with um uh yeah it's really just tv producing and that like it, yeah. like i i i love it. i don't really watch any other reality tv um apart from like rupaul's drag race uh it's just survivor um i've i like i don't care about maths i don't care about the block could not give a shit but survivor is just will always be in my heart i just love it um yeah what kind of role do you think I would be cast as on Survivor? You'd be great because um, you would be irritated by the sun and the, the, the heat and that would immediately make you, um, uh, that would cause drama, I think, and friction with other people because they always cast people who can be like set off by stuff like that alongside people who are just very annoying, uh, annoying men, alpha males, mm. um that's the thing like if there was like an like there's always in every tribe two three guys that are like vying for the role of like top dog and like trying to be the alpha male of of the camp which is just a a huge way to get yourself voted out so i would never do that i would never try to be the alpha male but i would feed into their ego and then blindside them (laughs) when they think that i'm you know part of their alliance and make them look foolish but yeah i think you would really have a lot of good conflict with people i think it would be great because a lot of reality tv in recent years has been a lot more about like kumbaya like what are we learning <laughs> yeah, together yeah. you know like this less is, toxicity yeah whereas i think and i know a lot of reality tv fans want that back want that like mid 2000s like yeah yeah absolute like why is how is this person on tv uh, and then like all the people around them like dealing with that so you think um, I would be like the princess washed ashore who's no, like no, no, no. I hate the forest I, I hate the bugs I mean like you would hate the forest you would hate the bugs um, that's just me knowing you but I think you're also like you know you're otherwise tolerant of people as well so I think you'd you'd go along with it and then you'd crack at a certain point and that would be just gold television. You know, <laughs> I would love to see that actually. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, jumping slightly back more towards the acting based question. Oh yeah. I forgot this was an audition. Podcast. I know well, we've, we're just covering <laughs> all the bases. Who's a director that you would love to audition for? Um, gosh, just, <laughs> any good director that's the thing with me is that i've never really like been under the wing of a director i wouldn't say always not always but like i feel like a lot of the theater i've been in or the tv that i've that i've been in it's either a very inexperienced director or a director that is just like picking up a check i've always wanted to work with a really passionate director Mm. so yeah i don't know just anyone passionate yeah, Do you yeah. have, like, talking, like... Um... But I'd also, like, love to, you know, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, freaking... like, pie in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David Fincher. Um, yeah. 
uh, you know, uh, Greta Gerwig, like name your director. I would, you know, <laughs> Sophia Coppola, you know, any of those cats. And uh, what's a show or film or a role that you would love to audition for and book? And this can be a role that already exists or a new one. Right. Uh, thought about this. White Lotus. I feel like that's the hottest, Ooh, hottest show yeah. to be on. I feel like Mike White. Yep. If you, Mike White, also a previous Survivor contestant. Ah, no yeah, shit. And his season, he placed second in his season. A lot of people wow. thought he should win. His season of Survivor. Um, David versus Goliath season 37 oh is genuinely God. one of the best seasons. Like a lot of people consider the best seasons of Survivor to be like the like pre uh, season 20, 25, like th- those classic golden age seasons. But season 37, David versus Goliath is one that people uh, point out as like a really good modern season of Survivor. So if you ever wanted to like get into Survivor, that's an excellent season to watch. Mike White is hilarious on it. Um, and he actually has admitted that the experiences on Survivor led to the writing of the White Lotus. Right. So it, it cause there, there's a lot of that kind of entitled rich white yeah, yeah. Um, person being in a situation that they're, not usually in dealing with very different people and that's kind of the white lotus as well it's it's just a mix of rich and title people with mm. um you know you know uh workers uh lower middle class people all kind of clashing and coming together and just um yeah i i love the white lotus i feel like if you get on that show um your your career has a good chance of skyrocketing for a yeah, bit people yeah. you know you're the talk of the town that's just what i've realized from the first couple of seasons that it breeds such a wonderful ensemble and that's another reason why i'd love mm. to be on it i've always loved ensemble yeah. television shows lost is like has been my you know all-time one of my favorite shows uh great ensemble cast you know i, I like you know, like shows like Breaking Bad and stuff are good where there's, you know, a couple of key roles that are in it. But I will, my heart generally always leans more towards an ensemble cast where everyone is kind of like, you know, contributing and it's making a greater whole. That's yeah. my, that's my dream. And like, to, and then, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that, that's, that's pie in the sky. That's like what I'd love to be a part of. I love that. Day. And yeah. I agree. I think like an ensemble cast working together speaks so highly of every individual within that. Yeah. And what an honor and a privilege to have that. And we always want to work with people better than us so that we can be elevated as well. Or, yeah. Or like step up to their level, be challenged. Otherwise you're bored. And it gets your mind out of the framework of i am the star of the yeah, show or yeah. i am the supporting cast member of this show i it's you know an ensemble cast it's it, it, again it's that improv thing of like wanting to work together with each other to make something better yes you know and being like a you know not a cog in a, in a wheel but just a contributing factor of something that's great as opposed to the reason why something is great yeah, you know? yeah. i feel like a lot the, the the latter is tied up a lot more in ego yes which can be a big problem for actors so an ensemble show an ensemble film kind of helps alleviate that and makes you realize what you're doing this for i agree yeah Yeah. and i think that was a big joy of the show that uh james and i put on last year the crocodile realizing that that was so ensemble based the four of us same with theater yeah yeah Mm. and that was so lovely what a joy totally uh what advice would you give to your past self and this can be acting or just human related advice um 
It really depends on the age. Like my advice to me at 20 is different to my advice at 15, to my mm. advice at 25. But I would say probably good advice across the board is tying into the last answer is that like it's not all about you, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, yeah, like learn that it's not, um, I, I guess I've had this weird kind of, relationship with acting in the last few years where I've sort of let go of my ego as much as I can. I think being, you know, like making a living off being a YouTuber has kind of been a good way of like diverting uh, my ego into my own work and like having fulfillment out of creating something from nothing. Um, Whereas acting, it's like, I want to be in this TV show. I want to be in this movie and I want to be the star and I want to say this and like, it's all these lofty goals. So I would say like, just think about yourself a little bit less. Yeah. You know, Mm. Um, and that it's not, it's, 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 it's not about you and that there are, um, you're not entitled to this role. You're not, you know, it, it, nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. I think is a good, yeah, Yeah. a a good way of, of of putting it and just relax, you know, just relax. Don't, don't like, again, I said I was a bit of, extra uh, of a person (laughs) that was so much more the case when I was younger. Yeah. Well, I think you having known you for, well, like probably 14 14 years, years, you've always been opinionated and not shy about sharing your opinions. I would say. Yeah. Which I think I'm still that person. Yeah. And I like meeting those people. I really, I don't, I was going to include this as an answer later on, but. Yeah, because what was the, what's the next well, question? Well, the next question is, what's your toxic trait or fatal flaw? Can I just it? say, I yeah. love that this is the last question, <laughs> is like ending on the most sour note and, and not even like what's a bad habit. What's something that people will, you know, cut you out of their will for? What's the toxic trait? <laughs> well, I did yours? say serious or silly answers both encourage. Like I, That's true. I've That's written true. a list of my own toxic traits and they're all the stupidest answers possible. Well, I like, um, I guess a toxic trait of mine is that I don't, handle boring people very well <laughs> i get really bored when someone's just not offering anything up yeah I yeah really like meeting people who have a strong sense of themselves yeah. a strong sense of what they like um uh i'm not here to like change someone's mind like if someone doesn't like x thing i'm not here to be like here's all the reasons why you're wrong and i'm gonna change your mind like <laughs> i'm not here to like have an argument with people but i like people who are also passionate about whatever it is they're into. You can be yeah. freaking trains, you know. I just like people who know what they're into and, mm. and like, can get behind that and are just people who are, you know, exuberant. I like people, not not egotistical, not trying to be the loudest voice in the room, but just people who are really, like, who know their shit on something and, like, like to talk about it, like to give opinions. I like to meet people who maybe have... Um, not like all the, you know, like I'm not saying I, I, I want to be best friends with someone who is against everything that I'm for, but <laughs> I, I've really valued in the last few years, especially like getting out of my echo chamber bubble and like mm. meeting people of different backgrounds who have a different way of looking at things. Um, I, yeah, I really value that a lot more. Mm. I think we can get a little bit too in our own heads when we're like, ah, this person's into this, therefore I don't want to be friends with them. I really, I yeah, I like being 
I like knowing people who are like, wow, that's, that's that person. They're going all in on that and they're really, they're opinionated. Mm. You know, I, I like opinionated people, you know, people who are too mealy mouthed and are, and are just, <laughs> you know, people pleasers and they're like, oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of into that. I'm, I don't really have, I guess I don't really have hobbies or anything. I just, mm. you know, I, I suppose I like watching friends and that kind of thing. And it's just like, yeah, but what else, what else about yeah, you? Give me you know? more. Yeah. Give me something. So funny because even though I actually do think that you and I are in so many ways very similar, I would also say that maybe less so these days, but we also uh, quite famously like disagreed on everything. Yeah. And I, and I get that like sometimes you got to be careful with like when you're with your friends and you're disagreeing about something because you don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> but at the same time, I think there's nothing better than when you're with a friend or whatever and you do kind of have a friendly argument about yeah, something yeah. where you can disagree disagreeing about something and seeing someone else's point of view is i think just as important about as being like oh did you hear this did you watch this yeah isn't it great yeah yeah Love it. as you anyway, say the echo chamber especially yeah. as artists it's so yes it's the same all the time sometimes yeah, yeah. and i just get so bored yeah i, just, I, I, I like <laughs> i really like it can look like maybe i'm like not as into that person because I'm disagreeing with them, but I'm, I only get really passionate because I, that like, that like, I don't like get off on it, but, but that I'm, I, I, I'm excited by that. I was going to say, and it truly not meaning to be like vulgar, but like mentally it makes you hard. Like, you yeah, like a, yeah. mind, a mental boner. I, I like having, you know, stimulating conversations yeah, with people. Yeah. And a lot of the time that occurs when you have a disagreement on yeah. something and it's never like you're wrong. You're a bad person. It's, it's just like, Oh wow, you see it like that. I I I I completely disagree. I think it's this, yeah. you know. I don't know. I just really try and value that a lot more. Yeah. It's it's the same as like um cuz I do a bit of, you know, as a YouTuber who talks about art, music, film, that kind of thing. I do find that like sometimes I disagree with people uh or I sometimes I'll go against the grain on a, you know, generally a topic that is considered one way I'll say so yeah I'm, I'm not here to be a contrarian mm. you know I'm re- I don't like people who are just arguing for the sake of arguing because mm-hmm. that's coming from a different place but I yeah I, I, I just like getting into it with people yeah doesn't have to be personal never has to be personal but I, I think there's been a, a, a bit of coddling I'm not I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to like rail against cancel culture or anything <laughs> like that but there's been a lot of coddling of people's feelings to make sure that you know, we're all heard and everyone's, you know, like entitled to their opinion and no one's wrong for having that opinion. And it's like, no, of course not. But I think it's good to debate. Yeah, and to, to challenge. And to, yeah, and to yeah. disagree. And I love getting into it with someone and seeing their point of view and having my point of view change. Like, mm. I don't like being stubborn in my beliefs. I love when someone can like, you know, change my mind or make me see a new perspective on something. That's why I like to get into it with people um, because... I, that's just what I like. So yeah. I guess that's why I became a YouTuber is because I can just talk into a camera <laughs> at, at an audience that I don't, that I've never met and just let people argue with me in the comments or whatever it is. Yeah. But I love that. Yeah. James and I used to joke that you and I should do a podcast called Jess and Elliot disagree on everything. And yeah. every week we would just have a different topic and yeah. And just discuss it. But, but that's, it's, that's good. Find friends who you can disagree with people. Like, 
that and it's not a problem like yeah. you're just disagreeing like a healthy disagreement it's the same argument. it's the same as having those friends that you can like hang shit on and just like yeah. take the piss out of and they know that it's you know all in good fun yes and that's that's what you should do that's what people it should be doing with me especially in the position i'm in like take me down a few pegs <laughs> i need that in my life okay. everyone needs that a little bit well you know on, that, I mean? on that note can i tell you what i think your toxic trait is yeah definitely it's that you like humid weather <laughs> yeah this this i'm like i know i'm alone in this but i i look i don't like it to feel like it's you know summer in singapore every single day i don't want it to be oppressive humidity but i like when there's just a little bit of moisture in the Man, air I, I can't think of anything worse no i because like to me like a human environment makes me think that i'm on vacation somewhere you know like okay we, so... we, we we've grown up in melbourne where our heat's our heat our summer is a dry heat. Used to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, used to be before this summer. Um, so much for well, El Nino. The last Nina. few, actually. But well, the anyway. la- well, yeah, it was meant to be El... It was El Nino, which is like humidity. And this is meant to be El Nino, and that has not occurred yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't like a dry heat as much because it means that the heat can get like up to the 40s, and that's just like bad and unhealthy. You shouldn't be outside when it's that much. But if it's like 28 degrees, 30 degrees, a little bit like humid i don't i like that i think i i I I wouldn't like to do like a shoot in that weather or something that required like i wouldn't like to move uh, or something like Mm, that mm -hmm. but like going for a walk in a park and it's a little bit humid i'm like oh am i in thailand right now (laughs) am i you know it's just it's just a novelty it's just it's just nice see i think i'd rather it was hotter but drier i really Mm. don't like humidity yeah yeah, I know. Most people are like this. I, I think it's because I think obviously you sweat more when it's so wet heat. And then I suppose we associate sweating with feeling dirty. And yep. I'm very much someone that likes to feel clean. I will go and have a shower as soon as I sweat. I'm a morning showerer, except in the summertime where I shower at night. I like, I just, I, yeah, I hate, something I really hate is having too many clothes on when it's hot and feeling mm. that like stifled, like dry mm. heat, humid heat. If I'm wearing like, you know, a long sleeve or pants, that does suck. Mm. But there's no bad weather, only bad clothes. So just dress appropriately, (laughs) you know, put on those linen shorts, guys. Put on that like camp collar shirt, you know, let yourself, let your body breathe a bit. If you're a bit sweaty, have a shower. It's all good. It's all, it's nice. (laughs) It's all chill in Elliot Roberts land. Drink lots of water. (laughs) It's, you'll, yeah, yeah. Do it again. But better. Okay. Well, to to finish up, I do have a little lightning round of 10 questions and you can answer with one or two word answers. Okay. You've not seen these beforehand, but don't worry about it. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. In person or self-tape? In person. Props or no props? Props. Go-to color that you wear. Uh, yeah, yeah, yellow, I guess. Or blue. <laughs> four four or, additions. Or, oh, four additions? I don't have one. Love that. Preferred background color? Don't four additions. I, uh, like a white wall, but I don't have... I've got too many things on my wall, so I, ha- I have <laughs> True. Like, I have a pop-up, one of those pop-up blue screen, uh, blue yep, yep, green yep. screen things. Yeah. Um, reader on the left or right of camera? Oh, um, so I... Okay, so say you're the camera person. You want to be standing... Where the camera is to the right of you. Okay. So to my your... left, their right. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because basically I want to, them to see more of the left, your left side, side of my face. Okay. that's my better side. And everyone they... thinks their left side is their better side. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Entering frame or starting in frame? Depends. Stating height in feet or centimeters? 
Um, I generally find Australians prefer centimeters, but I don't care otherwise. You <laughs> <laughs> answer everything. I don't care. Finish these sentences. Auditioning is fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, let's just go with fun. What I love most about auditioning is... Uh, being a silly boy. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing you can do right before an audition is... Um, drink a bunch of carbonated... Drink a carbonated beverage so you're burping a lot. <laughs> well, that is the end of all of my questions, unless there's anything else that you want to talk about. Um... No, that, that, this has probably gone on um, far too. People have heard far too much from me. If, you, if you're still listening at this point, wow, thanks. That's really kind of you. To, um, to yeah. finish, like, where can people find you on YouTube? On uh, wherever else you are. Just type my name, Elliot Roberts, into the YouTube search, and I'll come up. Otherwise, my at on YouTube is Elliot Roberts Videos. My at on Instagram is at Elliot Roberts. That's two L's, one T. Uh, Twitter, Elliot Roberts Five. Uh, yeah, yeah. And can tell it. us at this point in time how many uh, YouTube followers do you have? Um, I think I'm on like 107,000. Wow. Yeah, I hit, I hit the 100 grand point in uh, 100 grand. Is that one? 100k. Same. It's not money. Same it's not money. Thing, yeah, <laughs> it's not. I haven't earned 100 grand from YouTube. <laughs> I want that to be clear. I hit my 100k subscriber amount in uh, October. Which and was, they sent you a plug. They sent me a, yeah, the play button award, which was, which was fun. I didn't know that was a thing. I love that. Yeah. And then you get a gold one when you hit a 10, when you hit a million. Ooh. And then another one when you hit 10 million, which will not happen to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a fun little perk. Now that I've hit that a hundred thousand as well, I kind of don't like look at my, those numbers yeah, as much. It's kind of, it feels less important. Yeah. Views still. Yes. Cause that views correlates to money, but subscribers is just like, once I hit Six digits. I'm like, I, I, I don't look at it anymore. Yeah. Well, congratulations and thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. Uh, happy auditioning, everyone. <laughs> G- goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you for listening to Do It Again But Better, a podcast hosted by Jessica Stanley, born and raised in Nam or Melbourne. This podcast was created, recorded, and edited on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.